Hi, and welcome to Walk Talk, a podcast courtesy of the Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Nurses Society. Walk Talk is your opportunity to learn more about advocacy, education, and research that support the practice and delivery of expert healthcare to individuals with wound, ostomy, and continence care needs. Please visit wocn.org slash podcast to subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jody Scardillo. Welcome to this week's edition of Walk Talk. I'm your host, Jody Scardillo. This week, I'm delighted to welcome back Megan Smith. Megan is an adult Jerry acute care nurse practitioner and a certified wound ostomy incontinence nurse who is chair of the Society's Education Committee. We're going to get an update on what the Education Committee is doing and some of the exciting new changes coming for the Continuing Education Center on the WOCN website. Thanks so much for joining me, Megan. I'm excited to have you back. And I think it was one year ago. Exactly. When you were with me before or two years ago, I know it was in October. So welcome back and happy fall. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. I'm glad to have you again. So I want to, I I know you've been with me before, but I want you in case we have some new listeners to tell us a little about your nursing background and your walk nursing background. Yeah. So I started as a bedside nurse in a level one kind of trauma and burn unit. So it was a great position to get started and kind of fueled my love for wound care with our burn patients. It was also great because we cared for patients across the lifespan. So we did pediatrics as well as adults kind of in the same unit. So it was an interesting mix of patients. One of my mentors from the burn unit that was actually one of my original preceptors left the unit to join a newly forming wound anastomy nursing team on the inpatient side. And I followed my mentor along onto the team and shortly thereafter went off to Emory to get my certification. So I worked there for a while in a larger university hospital. And then I switched over to a community-based hospital, which gave me a little bit more independence to do some QI and PI projects, which was a great mix and kind of a different patient population and structure of a a hospital. What was your favorite QI project that you did? I did two posters, I think maybe now that were where we kind of partnered a lot with some of our unlicensed nursing personnel regarding helping them with the protocol. We spend a lot of time with our nurses, which is great and necessary but doing some in-depth education about the importance of what they were doing in terms of which hygiene product that they should be using and turning and why it's important. That seemed to really help them feel engaged and important and that there was education for them and not just for nurses, which seemed to help their involvement and participation in a lot of our protocols. Oh, interesting. And they're the ones doing most of that hands-on care, at least where I work. Yeah. And so it was nice because they would say, wait, no, I think we need this cleansing product. Or or they'd even stop us in the hallway and say, of the two of these products, which one should we be using for this patient? Or I think they'd even stop and say, I think this patient needs a specialty bed. Can you <laughs> look at it? And so they had started kind of getting so engaged in the process and helped be part of like a turning team we formed. So it was good for relationship building as well. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you had nice patient outcomes with that too. Yeah, it was great. And the yeah, they loved it. The nurses loved it. So it seemed to impact on multiple levels, kind of more than we predicted. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Were you able to sustain that over time too? You know how it's easy to do, not easy, but you do a quality improvement project and then you get it done. And then the maintenance is sometimes more challenging than the implementation. 
I think we struggled with the same things everyone does, nurse turnover, and in this case, our nursing assistant turnover. And then two, as your vendors would change, we would have to re-educate them as product lines changed in the hospital. But for those that stayed, they stayed engaged in our process. But we realized at the kind of nursing competency or fair every year, we were then including them in it. And so we would be able to kind of catch more of them in a larger quantity at that and including in them instead of having to find them on every unit throughout the facility. So we tried to do our best not to lose their participation and engagement, but some of the same things I think everyone struggles with. Yeah. Good idea with the fair though. That's good. Everybody goes to that, at least in my place. Okay, so you're still on the education committee. So tell me a little bit about how you got on that committee and then how you became chair of that education group. I was looking for ways to become involved with the WOCN and yearly there's a call for volunteers. So I freshened up my resume and completed the application to volunteer because of my interest in education and quality improvement. I selected the education committee because it was the one I felt like I had the most interest and some experience with, and I was selected to join the committee. So I participated in the normal committee activities of helping plan and review educational sessions. And after my four years commitment as a committee member, I was selected by the previous past chair and then approved by the board to take on the position to be the education committee chair. Great. So what kind of things are the committee responsible for? I know that you repurpose a lot of conference offerings. I know that there's a lot more to that. So will you refresh us on what all kinds of things you're doing? Yeah. So actually with the change to the WOC Next and being fully virtual, this year will be our first year that we won't be repurposing any content. The committee is responsible now for making all new content and helping plan it. So it kind of shifts a little bit of our work and gives us the opportunity to help make more on-demand sessions that meet the learner's needs. So as the committee, we oversee everything that's in the Continuing Education Center. So we take a look at the learner needs. We're the ones that read and go through all the session evaluation forms and feedbacks. So there are multiple groups that look at those, and we are one of them. So all those comments you guys type in at the end of taking a session, either in the CEC or from conference about additional sessions you'd like or things like that, we're able to review that to help say, wow, a lot of people are really mentioning that this is a topic and go ahead and see if we could make an on-demand session related to that topic area in our practice specialty. Okay. So are you looking for new members or how does that work for your committee, Megan? So just like I came onto the committee, it would be through that call for volunteers, which usually happens in the spring. So the next one will probably be in the spring of 2022. Members have a two with the option of a four-year commitment to the education committee. And so we'll have some members rolling off after their commitment has ended. So we'll be looking for some new volunteers to fill those open positions, starting with our committee terms start in June around the time of the national conference. So that call for volunteers is usually in the spring so that we can review and meet with candidates and make our selections prior to conference. Okay. So what do you look for in a member for your committee? So all of our members need to be, for the committee, need to be also members of the WOCN Society. And then just with that and our certification, obviously a bachelor's of science in nursing or higher We look for people in different areas as we're trying to develop and being content experts in the educational areas. So we have people who are also certified in foot and nail care, people who work in home care and long-term care, just so that as we're developing sessions, we can help plan them to meet the varied 
needs of our specialty and all the members as well, so that we cover all those areas of practice. Okay. So sometimes people, and I know I've been like this in the past, if you're interested in volunteering for something, but sometimes you think, oh, I'm not qualified, or I don't know how much time is involved. So like, if you have a newer member, what type of a, an activity might you involve them in? And how, what is the general time commitment for your committee in case we have a listener who might want to join you? Yeah, a lot of our members are new. It's kind of a different role that we do because you're learning a lot of the new language from the ANCC about course development. So we actually have some courses and they're actually available in the CEC about planning activities and meeting those ANC standards. So we kind of recommend those to our committee members and we actually use them as reference as we develop courses as well throughout the year. But for the time commitment, we have one education committee call once a month. So that's about an hour of your time in the evening. And then the rest of the work in terms of helping plan an educational session is usually done over email between our meetings. And some of that involves completing some forms like a gap analysis form, which is an ANCC requirement. And so you're kind of filling out that form about why we chose this session what are we speaking to? Which parts of the scope and standards does it relate to? And so I'd probably say that's probably another one to two hours of work per month. So maybe about three hours a month. So easy to kind of add it in to a busy workload and be able to do it in the night or evening hours if that works better with your work schedule. Right. So it sounds like it's pretty flexible in terms of when you do that work to a degree. Yeah. And then I assume this, but there's some mentoring for a new member there. You're not just given a task and said, go to it, complete this form. There's sometimes I know on committees I've been on a more seasoned person helps the newer people kind of get acclimated until they're a little bit independent with whatever they need to be doing. Yep. We do the same thing. We offer some educational content to support and kind of learning the process. And then we have been working kind of almost in subcommittees working on those bite-sized learning sessions, as well as some full-length sessions, and then working on the CEC itself. And so within that, there's a more experienced committee member that's helping kind of lead that conversation. And then we have some great staff with the WOCN, as well as our lead nurse planner that we can reach out to if we run into questions or concerns about an educational session or its development. Great. So it sounds like a nice way to start some volunteer work if you're interested in getting involved. Yes, I think it's a great way to kind of start your involvement with the society. Great, great. So you mentioned earlier that you're not repurposing sessions because of the virtual WOC Next conference, but have you noticed that the work of your committee has changed due to the virtual world we now seem to be living in or anything else different from your end? We are now meeting on Zoom. So lots of committees I know have moved in, even with our our work environments, as well as using a platform where we can see each other. We had previously still just been using a conference line. So it's great to be able to see people. Sometimes you'd spend a whole year working with people and you would know their voice and you know where they worked and where they lived, but you didn't have a face to go with the voice. And so you'd get to meet them at conference and kind of bring that all together. But so it's great that we get to see each other and have our conversation with everyone visible on our monthly calls. And I think it also works so much more efficiently when we're editing a document or revising something that you can screen share that and we can all do it together in real time versus sending something back and forth over email. I think that's been really helpful and a good change. Yeah, great. And I've heard that there's some changes coming to the Continuing Education Center. Can you fill us in? Because I think that's going to be fairly soon, right? Yes, we're hoping for these changes by end of the month. So the end of October here for 2021. 
So over the course of the last year, the WOCN website took an upgrade itself in terms of how it looked. And so the Continuing Education Center is going to join into that um, with some of the formatting and the color scheme. But most important for us that go there to get the additional education sessions is that it's going to be more user-friendly for the end user. So some of the courses, we have re-tagged them. So underneath a course listing, you're going to see some keywords. And those are words that kind of help cover what's in that. And so now if you were taking that session, you can click on any of those tags and it will bring you up a list of courses that also have that tag. So maybe it's fecal incontinence and then it will bring you up any other course in the CEC where fecal incontinence is part of that session. So it helps you kind of narrow if there was a topic of interest you needed to learn for an exam or for school or for a clinical topic that you were working on. It helps kind of with that search criteria. Oh, so then you're not scrolling through dozens and dozens of offerings to find something that's similar. Yeah, it will make it kind of like doing a search for a research article. You can search by the title if you remember it from a conference or a keyword or a tag. Okay. All right. That's great. And then will there still be like right now there's a button for webinars and there's a little tag or button for certification review and for like the past conferences. Is it going to be set up like that? Like different categories of offerings or how's that going to be? Yes. So at the top, all those other great educational experiences, like the link to the JWOCN, as you said, webinars, those kinds of things will all still be linked from the CEC. So you can get all of your education in one spot. And it's also where you can register for things like conference, or we were just registered recently for Ostomy Day. So all of that will look the same. You just might notice the color scheme changes, but there'll be some bigger, we've been calling them buckets on the main screen when you come in that hit those key areas. So wound, ostomy, continence, professional practice, the certification review courses, and then pharmacology, which is a growing topic of interest as there's more advanced practice nurses and people looking for that content, that those will kind of be kind of bigger buckets on the screen. And then you can drill down your search from there. And then you mentioned at some point about the transcript. So there's a way right now that you can go in and get a list of what you've done. But is anything changing with that about how you find that? Yeah. So one of the common questions people have is finding your transcripts or how can I tell if I've taken this course before, especially with a five-year recertification period for those that's recertify with the PGP program. So there's going to be a little tutorial that's going to be available when the new CEC goes live that will be able to help you be able to see your transcripts, kind of search your transcript, and then be able to see which courses you've taken before, and then how to print that transcript as well for your records for recertification and licensure. Okay. So then you could also see, oh, I've done 20 continents and two ostomy. I better beef up my ostomy or whatever you could tell from that transcript, right? It could help kind of give you a little bit more of a focus to that before you start logging all of your stuff and depending on how you keep up with your PGP, but it might be able to give you a a quick glance at kind of what you've taken so far in the CEC. Okay. Okay. And then will the conference offerings be the same way, Megan? Like if you go in now and click on a couple of like, say recent conference offerings, but you don't do the whole conference, like the WOC Next Conference. Can you do that? Or do you have to do like the whole conference? How does that go? So they'll still be logged in there, but they're going to be grouped as what's going to be called a library, just like you had access to all of conference this year, and then could pick and choose the sessions within there. You would have access to that library if you bought conference. 
Okay. Okay. So you can still get at that in the future too, if you miss it. Correct. And there are some archived sessions in the CEC as well, sessions that were very popular, but the over time, you can only leave continuing education credit linked to that course for a period of time based on ANCC guidelines. So they may be available still to you as a reference, but also may now be there without credit. So if you took them, it's clearly marked that it's not credit and just for reference, but there are some sessions that live in the CEC that way. Okay. So it's like some of those classic things that you still, you can't get a CE credit for now that are still there. That's kind of what you're talking about. Sounds like. Yeah. It kind of li- lives there for the reference of it, but we'll, no longer can offer the actual credit or printing or certificate for credit. Okay. All right. Great. And now I hope the bite-sized learning is staying. Can you tell us where you find that now? And if that's going to change, I love those little sessions. Yeah, the bite-sized sessions have all been well-received by the WOCN membership, and so they will be staying. Each year, we plan to develop about six of so of those. They will stay in the CEC, and there is a bite-sized learning tag as well, so you can look for those as well and kind of group if you just wanted to do some shorter sessions, so you could search and look for them that way. And so we have some great sessions planned for this year as well. And again, those bite-sized sessions are coming off of abstracts that were presented at the most recent conference so that we can hear more from those authors about their poster presentation and the work that they did. Okay. And then there were a series of bite-sized learning on actually doing an abstract and a poster. And I think the third one was how to change your poster to an article, or is that one coming? That one was actually the most recently released poster. So it's called, I presented a poster, so now what? So there's a full series now about how to write an abstract, how to submit that abstract, kind of goes through the abstract submission process. And then there's actually one on how to develop a poster. And then it kind of capstones and ends with, so you presented your poster, now what? Should you be able to turn that into a manuscript? What if that's something you're not quite ready for? What else could you do with that hard work and project in terms of sharing it with your institution and how you can do that? So that's a great session. It was presented by Dr. Dia Kent. Yes. Yeah. I heard that one was coming. And can you give us any intel on what's coming in the bite size in the future? You said you had a few plans. Anything that you can share with us or do we have to wait? We can give you a glimpse on some of the topics that we're looking at here. So for our bite-sized groups, we're trying to cover some of the main needs. Like I said, we take a look at some of the needs of the society or trending topics. So we're going to be looking at preventing some pressure injuries in the pediatric population. Pediatrics is always a topic people want to hear a little bit more about. And then we also have the transitions of care. There's going to be a session about kind of transitioning our ostomy patients from acute care and into the home care setting. And then we also have a session planned about fistulas. Oh, nice. Those are great topics. And so what do you see? You have a lot going on on that committee. What do you see for the future of the education committee, Megan? You've been with it for a while now, and I think you've probably seen quite a few changes since you started. What do you see happening in the future? Anything different than what we're doing now? I think we've added on a lot of new education sessions, and I feel like we are able to get more information from the data we're able to get. So we kind of can look almost in real time and say, this is a trending topic. Maybe it's on the forum with the WOCN Society and be able to help turn around, especially those shorter sessions in a quicker period of time to kind of get some 
in the right time education out to the membership. So I think that is great. And then there's all this new education over time. We don't really work directly with the webinars, but we're doing a lot more coordination with you in terms of the podcast and the webinars and the National Conference Planning Committee on all the different ways that the WOCN is helping provide additional education to the members. And I think hopefully over time with technology changes that we've had with the pandemic, that that may impact how we deliver education in terms of interaction or kind of not always just listening to a speaker in a PowerPoint. Can we add polls, those kinds of things? I don't know where it's going to go, but I think there's a great future in getting some interactive education available. Yeah, that'll be exciting to see, don't you think? The way that conference has been delivered in such an interactive way is even between 2020 and 2021 has been amazing to see, hasn't it? Yeah, and you know, see how much people enjoy and build relationships and try to do some of that networking through the chat box and that's well-received being able to do those things in other ways, I think, is a good kind of future thinking way because that's just been such a benefit of conference when we can't meet in person, but still be able to have that chat and communication during a session and afterwards. Yeah. It was amazing to see when we first had it, wasn't it? It was like a reunion of all the walk nurses online, right? Yeah. You recognize people's names that you went to school with, or maybe you read an article or you heard them speak somewhere else or worked with them previously. It's just a great way to maintain some of those professional connections. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What else is important that I haven't asked you about? Anything else of interest besides we're going to be looking for the the new CEC rollout at the end of October of this year, 2021? Anything else that we should talk about that I didn't ask you about already, Megan? I would just keep your eyes peeled. Usually our marketing team with a WOCN is great. And so usually in your weekly newsletter, you'll see either a session we think is important to kind of advertise there to refresh it that it exists in the CEC. And that's also where the new sessions will get marketed out so that the membership knows about them. So watch for our coming bite size and some full length new sessions that will be on demand, things that you haven't heard at conference and some needs and topics that have been of interest to the membership and that we're currently seeing in our healthcare environment. All right. Well, thank you again for coming. And I hope you'll come back and talk to me next year and uh, we can make this an annual event. Sounds good. I think it's a great way to, to share all that's going on within the society. Yeah. You know, there's so much going on everywhere. Sometimes I think we all miss things a little bit. So it's nice to hear about some of these specific things. And I have a list of things I'm going to be watching for too. So I think this was great. So thank you again for joining me. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You can get to the Continuing Education Center through the WOCN website or directly at wocn.digitalinc, D-I-G-I-T-E-L-L-I-N-C.com backslash W-O-C-N backslash. Again, that's wocn.digitalinc.com backslash W-O-C-N backslash. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of Walk Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk Talk. Please visit WOCN.org slash podcast for additional details about this topic and the speakers. You can also get more information about subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode and to get the latest news and information from the WOCN Society. Again, that's WOCN.org slash podcast. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Walk Talk. Walk Talk.